Hey listeners, I'd like to introduce you to my friend Whitney. Whitney is the founder of Exploring Peace Ministries and author of Holy Listening with Breath, Body, and the Spirit. Whitney, what would you like the listeners to know about you? I am passionate about helping people connect body and spirit. And I think that's because of my own health challenges in my life that led me on a journey to connecting with God in new and different ways. So if there's one thing I'd like for them to know is that I don't come to this work from headspace. I come to it from heart space and my own experience and my own journey. So tell us a little bit about your work. Well, in my work as a spiritual director and yoga and meditation teacher, I combine those modalities to help people connect with God using their bodies. Spiritual direction is an ancient practice of listening for God's activity in our lives. And a lot of people think that spiritual direction is maybe just for pastors or just for clergy people or just for people who are in seminary and discerning their call. But spiritual direction is for everyone. It is as a modality, as a practice um, connected with yoga and meditation invites the person to listen to their whole bodies and their whole selves. And so spiritual direction can be a great tool on on a journey with God um, if we're willing to slow down and listen. A lot of people compare spiritual direction to counseling in the way that you might go to a counselor to examine your relationship with yourself or with other people, you would go to a spiritual director to examine your relationship with God. And what does that look like? And right now, more than ever in the midst of a pandemic, spiritual direction is becoming um, something that more people are recognizing and understanding as important in their spiritual journeys and in their lives. On your website, exploringpeace.com, you say, I invite you to join me on this journey of exploring the gift of God's peace with breath, body, and spirit. So how has this journey been for you this past year? I, I know you've had a lot to deal with. My personal life has been greatly impacted as a year ago. My parents' home was destroyed by the tornado that went through Nashville. And so personally, I found myself needing to practice the tools that I teach. I launched a podcast, Exploring Peace Meditations, last year, not having any idea that we were entering into a pandemic. And amazingly, that meditation podcast has been listened to now over 15,000 times, which means I've prayed or meditated with at least one person 15,000 times or a lot of other people more than once. Um, It doesn't mean we've had 15,000 listeners, but there are 15,000 listens. And to hold space in that way for other people is really to me an honor and a a call that's very clear that uh, God has placed in my life. So I'm, I'm grateful for technology since the pandemic. I'm grateful for the widening of the way I'm able to serve people because I could never sit down one-on-one or hold space one-on-one at our, our brick and mortar space um, 15,000 times realistically and also care for my own soul. I like how you call it a journey because 
some people in some denominations who really kind of, once you're saved, you're always saved. Um, and so it's kind of like, that's the end. That's all you have to do. And so when you call it a journey, uh, what do you mean by that? I mean, and I believe that we on the spiritual formation journey with God are constantly given the opportunity to connect with God, to be shaped by God, to get to know our creator better, to discover moments of contemplation and union with our creator. And I don't think if we were to imagine it as a destination point, um, I don't think any of us would ever get there, number one. If someone tells you they have gotten there, I would run from them Um, because that is not very uh, humble or wise, I guess. And I think that my own journey, my own invitation for drawing nearer to God through the highs and the lows, which I've had a whole lot of lows. I've had my share of really intense crises in my, in my journey. I had a stroke on my 31st birthday. You know that I was paralyzed on my left side. Those things don't just go away. They impact us our entire lives. And so As we deal with our own traumas and our own healing journeys, if we think of it as a finish line, I think we're all going to be sorely disappointed. But if we think of it as a chance to go on this trip with God, this journey with God, this path with God that may have twists and turns and highs and lows, then it's a lot more exciting and a lot, um, for me, something to look forward to. So what is your favorite spiritual tool? Oh, if you know anything about the Enneagram, I identify as an Enneagram four, which means I'm a creative and I don't like to be put in any kind of boxes and I don't feel like I fit in anywhere sometimes, um, which matches up nicely for my outside the box call to ministry. But that is also, it also means that I like variety and different ways of connecting with my creator. I love guided meditations, which led me to offer that practice for others. Right now, though, I'm really drawn to Lexia Divina, which is just a meditative scripture reading where you have an opportunity to listen to scripture or read scripture in a formational way. We, as Christians, are often taught primarily through through Sunday school and, and small groups that studying the Bible is an informational task, and it is. It is. There's a place for that and an opportunity for that always to learn about our scripture and and how it was written, and who wrote it, and what the historical setting was, all of that matters, and it's powerful to know, but at the same time, it can be really powerful to read and sit with scripture in a formational way that Lectio Divina offers us, so Lectio Divina is just Latin for sacred reading, And it gives us the opportunity to listen for words that stand out to us, let our imaginations be present, 
And if there's a color or a song or an image that stands out as we're listening, God can speak through our imaginations and meet us where we're at, allowing us to hear scripture formationally. So those are the two right now that are the most present in my own personal life. And my yoga practice is pretty shaping for me too. I love to put on um, worship music or tizay or some kind of reflection sound and just get on my yoga mat and move my body. And so it doesn't have to be formal or structured. It's just an opportunity to connect. For someone who's starting their journey with God, somebody who's not grown up in the church, someone who's not uh, maybe familiar with the Bible, but knows there's there's God out there. there. There's this feeling that you know something is out there. And even for people like me who often struggle with my own faith and beliefs, what would you say to encourage them and maybe give them some pointers on how to get started on a journey? One of the words in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Bible, that really stands out to me is ruach, R-U-A-C-H. And that word ruach in the Old Testament means breath, spirit, and wind interchangeably. My favorite thing about that word is this constant reminder that spirit is all around us. Just as we can't see the wind or see our breath, we can't even always describe it or help it help someone else feel it as tangible. We can see the results of wind, right? We can see the results. And I know, you know, for your passion in our earth, wind is really a great thing to ponder and think about from this perspective because it can give us power. You know, it can also destroy and, and cause, um, you know, crisis in our world and on our earth. Wind, breath, and spirit being an interchangeable word for me is this reminder that God is as close as our breath. And even if we can't describe what God may be to us or how God is present with us, if we can recognize our breath or recognize the wind around us and know that the spirit is one and the same, that's powerful. So for me, I usually start with a breath almost always. It goes back to my yoga teacher training. It connects with the practices I teach in a spiritual direction or in my in my online community. I do some spiritual formation teachings there, but the practices we use in spiritual direction, the teachings I offer are all going to be really foundational with that breath. And even if you know nothing else about your own body or the wind blowing across the earth or you're uncertain of where God is on your faith journey, you do know that right now, if you're sitting here, there's breath moving inside your lungs. And if we can go back to that basis and that foundation, I think that can sustain us when we need it most, whether it's a very beginning stage or a crisis moment. 
I like that because I feel like so many people feel like they're too busy. And yes. with the breath, even though you need to be paying attention when you're on a Zoom meeting or something like that, uh, it is something that you can focus on. It is something that can, uh, when you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, to bring you back uh, with the breath. Uh, so I like that. But I also think, you know, because we are so busy, I feel like some of the things that you do and are part of your journey focus on silence, focus on making space to be able to hear God. Um, so even though I think we are so busy, if we don't take that time and make it intentional, have an intentional practice, um, I, I feel like we're, we're missing out on uh, developing a greater relationship with God. I don't know that every spiritual practice has to be quiet uh, or finding a space but I know having done a guided meditation with you, having this big, incredible experience that I would not have had otherwise, um, how, how would you encourage somebody to make that time, make that space, and maybe we're not asking people to start out with an hour? Right. So right. how, how exactly. would you encourage someone to get started? Start small. I would encourage someone to take, even if it's a moment before something that they do every day. So this could be brushing your teeth, taking a shower, getting on a Zoom call, uh, unloading the dishwasher, something that you know you're going to do every day and find yourself connecting three to five deep breaths with that thing. Maybe it's flossing your teeth. Maybe it's washing your hair, whatever it is. But when you make that connection of, okay, I always brush my teeth. I don't have a day where I don't brush my teeth. I hope it's a practice that we get into and we get accustomed to it and we carve out and we're never going to tell somebody, well, I'm too busy to brush my teeth. Sorry. I, I just don't have room for that in my life. I have a really hard time when people tell me that they're just too busy to incorporate breath work into their day because breath work can be incorporated anytime you want to use it. When you're falling asleep at night, when you're waking up in the morning, it doesn't have to be intimidating. Now, do I think and believe there are greater fruits that come with developing a deeper and longer meditation practice? Yes, I do. But am I going to tell you as both a teacher and a practitioner that, well, if you don't practice this twice a day for half an hour, there's no point. No way. I would never say that. That's one reason why there are so many short meditations on my podcast, 
because a lot of people need to start with that five minutes and the 30 seconds of silence is all they can handle right now because their brains and their bodies have been programmed to be doing something all the time. So the starting point and the, the advice that I would offer is find a space in your day where you can purposefully take some deep breaths, whether that's going outside and looking at the sky or standing at your bathroom sink, doesn't matter. Just be there, practice your breath work. I'm talking about sending your breath all the way deep down into your diaphragm and really noticing the breath move in and out of your body. If you do that three to five times, we're talking a minute, you know, just, just a minute of your day. And that's a perfect place to start. From there, you may grow in listening to guided meditations, and then you may move into silent prayer meditation, which is often called centering prayer in the Christian tradition. Um, but when I was initially taught centering prayer over a decade ago, I was largely intimidated by it and thought, if, if I can't do this, what's the point? And so I just didn't for a while. And then I began to realize that the gift and the fruit isn't all of it. So just start small. And that could be with three to five deep breaths a day until you're ready for more. Okay. Remind us though, where we can get some of your meditations. It's called Exploring Peace Meditations. And you can find it on my website at exploringpeace.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Great. Well, thank you for being with us, but I can't just do an interview with you without getting some type of practice. Yes, I love that. So as we as we shift and as we leave our time, I would like to offer an opportunity to listen through scripture and the imagination to the creation story. Take a moment to allow your body to become comfortable, grounded, connected to the seat, the earth, the floor beneath you. And take a few deep breaths, just inhaling through the nose, allowing the breath to travel all the way into the diaphragm, exhaling and letting that breath leave the body. As you settle into your body, allow yourself the opportunity to truly listen to this scripture. Listen today, and rather than trying to analyze or dissect or figure out the passage, see if you can hear it in a formational way. See if you can allow your senses to experience the words you hear. See if you can allow your imagination to ponder what this might have looked like. As you listen to the passage, just practice full, deep breathing, staying present within your body and allowing yourself to connect with your senses, your whole body. Hear Genesis 1 from the Common English Bible. When God began to create the heavens and the earth, the earth was without shape or form. 
It was dark over the deep sea, and God's wind swept over the waters. God said, Let there be light. And so, light appeared. God saw how good the light was. God separated the light from the darkness. God named the light day and the darkness night. There was evening and there was morning the first day. God said, let there be a dome in the middle of the waters to separate the waters from each other. God made the dome and separated the waters under the dome from the waters above the dome, and it happened in that way. God named the dome sky. There was evening and there was morning the second day. God said, Let the waters under the sky come together into one place so that the dry land can appear. And that's what happened. God named the dry land earth, and he named the gathered waters seas. God saw how good it was. God said, Let the earth grow plant life. Plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that's what happened. The earth produced plant life, plants yielding seeds, each according to its kind, and trees bearing fruit with seeds inside it, each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. There was evening and there was morning the third day. God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will mark events, sacred seasons, days and years. They will be lights in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth. And that's what happened. God made the stars and two great lights, the larger light to rule over the day and the smaller light to rule over the night. God put them in the dome of the sky to shine on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw how good it was. There was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. God said, let the waters swarm with living things, and let birds fly above the earth up in the dome of the sky. God created the great sea animals and all the tiny living things that swarm in the waters, each according to its kind, and all the winged birds each according to its kind. God saw how good it was. Then God blessed them. Be fertile and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. 
God said, let the earth produce every kind of living thing, livestock, crawling things, and wildlife. And that's what happened. God made every kind of wildlife, every kind of livestock, and every kind of creature that crawls on the ground. God saw how good it was. Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male and female. God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds, and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made, It was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Allow yourself in the silence that follows to ponder what stands out to you. What do you hear in this passage today? What does God want you to be reminded of? with a full deep breath in and a long extended breath out. Be reminded, you are good. God made you. Creator God, we thank you for the gift of breath, of life, of this earth. Allow us to slow down today, to notice to pay attention, and to appreciate the world within and around us. In your name we pray. Amen.